just don't want it to get too heavy. I feel really overloaded. We're good. We're rolling. R.I.P. Keith. If you were here, you know what we're talking about. Rest in power. Yeah. To a real one. I was about to say Kenneth, but I realize that's not short. That's not what Keith is short for. It's not short for anything, right? I don't think so. Keith Cliff. Keithland. Keithland Brown. <laughs> Keith and Cliff. My name they is Keithland like Brown. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> there is kind of like a, I don't know, like an unhoused consortium where it's. I mean, I guess you're just assuming, like, oh, well, they're both um, destitute. They get along. Yeah, actually, you know what? Maybe they would. I feel like Keith would get annoyed with Cliff. Yeah. You know? All he wants to... All this bro wants to talk to me about is fucking uh, movies he goes to see and doesn't understand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cliff, I don't know if you know who Cliff is, Adam. It's... I don't think I've, I don't think I've heard of Cliff. He's a regular at the establishment me and David used to work at together. Okay. Yeah, he uh, goes to see every single... Not not really, actually. He goes to see every movie that you see like a trailer for and don't think twice about. Okay. Yeah, you see a trailer and think, who the fuck <laughs> goes to see that shit? And he uh. does. And then... Um, and he'll tell you about it. In detail. If you're David. If you're me, he, he, doesn't, look, he doesn't talk to me. He went to see... Uh, there was a John Cena movie out before he was doing stuff like Peacemaker. Uh, it was like a fire, fire, fireman movie. Do you know what I'm talking about? Are you? Do you follow? I you follow the works, of, the cinematic works of John Cena, right? I'll be, I'll be honest. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it was an unremarkable John Cena film, and he was talking to me about. It. He's like, just saw that new John Cena movie, and I'm like, oh, uh, how was it? You know, I just really didn't actually care, but I was being polite. And he was like, ah, it was great. I mean, name one bad movie John Cena's ever been in. That's fair. I can't. <laughs> I even kind of liked that movie Blockers he was in about the parents trying to make their kids not have sex on prom night. And then The Marine is a classic. Oh, I, yeah, hold on. I mixed those two up. The Marine is where the parents try not to let their kids fuck and then blockers is what is he doing that one i don't know he's he's a marine <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah oh, that right right, right. <clears throat> it's a deceiving title yeah yeah so we have our good friend uh adam on the show to or i'll bleep your name <laughs> so, yeah we got my friend <laughs> beep um uh calling in from uh the city of brotherly location. Well, I was no, just saying, he'll keep it vague. The city of brotherly love. Yeah, where could that be? Mm-hmm. Pittsburgh. <laughs> no, the I, place uh, with all the bridges. I'm in the great city of Philadelphia. I just got back from the Wawa. <laughs> I took uh, the SEPTA bus down there. Uh, we got one of them uh, water ice Johns. Yeah. Uh, took the BSL home. Uh, you know couple dickheads got in my way but that's not such a big deal and uh later tonight i'm gonna try and catch the birds game even though they ain't playing for another two months i like to rewatch that super bowl they won a couple years ago <laughs> uh, are yes. you are you immersing yourself in the sports community of uh, philadelphia is the city going crazy for the movie hustle you know it's weird they it is like clearly a much bigger sports town like i was walking around the city on opening day uh for baseball uh this year and there were like so many just random dudes wearing phillies jerseys and anytime they would pass each other they'd be like hey what's going on (laughs) i was like oh my god (laughs) this is crazy yeah uh, in michigan i guess the, the best you can hope for is like yeah, you don't get acknowledged for You one, see right? a Michigan State fan and a U of M fan, they like get in a fist fight. Yeah. Or maybe not. That's more a Buckeyes situation, like an Ohio yeah. State situation. Everyone huddles around and starts throwing Tyler Bills on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it's, it's, it's funny. It's not as radically different as I thought it would be in terms of like 
people and vibes. I don't know if it's just because, like, the Detroit metro area is also, like, sad, depressed, and pissed off at everyone and incredibly proud because I feel like Philly is very similar in that way. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, same Uh, weather. Yeah. Same, uh, well, different accent somehow. It's funny, though, like... I only hear the accent every now and again. It's not as common. Like, you do always get water. Yeah. Water ice. Yeah. Water ice. I don't, (laughs) and that always makes me giggle because it's like, learn how to talk. Um, And like, I remember I was walking through the park one day and there was this woman and she basically had the accent and she was just like, I don't understand why Robert's daughter doesn't want to see us. (laughs) Oh my God. But, like, a lot of the people I've met are also not from Philadelphia, so I kind of don't have that much exposure to other people. Like, it's weird. Everyone I work with tends to have a, is from Philly, and they have, like, a slight accent, but it's not really that strong. Yeah. But you like it out there? Yeah, it's really nice. It's it's There's a lot to like out here. Um, I, I enjoy it at the very least. I have no complaints. I actually have a couple complaints. All right. Uh, and the traffic's, the, tra- the traffic's bad. That sucks. It's real bad. Like, uh, well, like, okay, so you you probably, commu- I mean, I don't know how this exciting this is, but you probably commute to work, I'm assuming. I do, but I don't take, I, it's actually, I have a very easy commute. Well, when's the traffic bad? Is like being in the city? Yes, and then, so there's one highway that goes, there's like one main highway, and it's two goddamn lanes, despite the fact that it goes through the bulk of the city. Oh. Oh, yeah. Imagine, like, the worst backup on Southfield. Now, get rid of a lane. Now, put it in a city of one and a half million people, and fuck you. You've been gone a little (laughs) while, but that kind of is Southfield right now. Yeah, a little bit. There's a lot of construction going on. Wow, I lucked out. It's nice. It's nice knowing I'm missing out on all the fun. But uh, yeah, when I think of Philadelphia, I think of just like every street has not been adapted for the 20th century. Like, yeah, it's all cobblestone shit and like bricks. So that's definitely like the part of Philadelphia. Philadelphia wants people to see. So that's like old city and stuff. That's kind of around the Liberty Bell and and Independence Hall and all that. That still has a lot of the old cobbles and stuff. A lot of the streets are super narrow. Uh, This is where I'm also going to shout out. Philadelphia uh, has public transit, and God bless that. I take the subway most of the time I go into the city. Oh, I didn't even know there was a subway. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah. It's the best. You don't live in, you live in like a a suburb then? No, I live in Philly proper. I live close to the suburbs, though. Uh, I live, um, I live in the, I live in North Philly, which means someone to someone out, something to someone out there, and they're like, "Oh my God!" I'm like, "Yeah." You live in NoFi. NoFi. No, no, yo, don't call it that. There is a it's, it's never again. Although there is a neighborhood called Northern Liberties, and it's always called No Libs. And every time I see people like posting No Libs, I'm always like, "Geez, a lot of a lot of rampant Republicans out there." And then I'm like, "Oh, oh, I get it now." I know where it's I'm especially, not wanted. It's especially funny because it's like a really hipstery area, so it's like it is in fact mostly libs, but yeah. <clears throat> uh, are the Sixers huge? Does the city love the Sixers? Yeah, definitely. Nice. Um, but the problem, so the Sixers for the past like ten years have been in a rebuild. Yeah. And they just like they were pretty good this year, but a couple of injuries to like their best player prevented yeah, Joel, them from doing anything. Yeah, his face exploded. Yeah, as it, as you do. Yeah. Um, and it's like, I feel like, in a, if it was like a different year they would be really disappointed and everyone would be really pissed off mm-hmm. but i think they've kind of gotten used to them being disappointing now so it was like okay maybe so next. it wasn't it wasn't as disa- big of a disaster as i think it could have been true i don't know that happened to me what you you uh busted your an orbital bone in your face yeah it wasn't so bad i had a concussion yeah. not that bad then, then you dunked the ball you don't need a you don't need eyes to play basketball. <laughs> being honest, 
<laughs> it's all feeling. Yeah. Well, it's like I remember, like I remember uh, who it was uh, Rip Hamilton when he played. He had that face guard. I don't understand why everyone just doesn't have a face guard at all times. Right. It is a cool look. Bill yeah. Lambeer also had one. Yeah. See, Pistons ahead of the game. I think can't break your face. LeBron had a season where he played with one. I've seen a picture of him with one, but it wasn't like a clear see-through mask. It was like a black mask. So it kind of looked like he was wearing like a part of Batman's mask. Hmm. But only a part? I mean, because Batman only does like the top half. Yeah, it was just like the center of the cowl. Oh, I see. Let me see if I can find a picture. That would be a good, like, shirts versus skins alternative. Batman versus Phantoms of the Opera. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that'd be cool. Like a half face protector. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and whoever loses uh, has to wear it permanently. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And gets disfigured. That'd be good. You should do that. Let's start a masked basketball league. Oh, yeah. Basketball. Basketball. <laughs> yeah, here's the picture. Oh, it's so it's more of a because with his beard it's more of a full Batman mask. Okay. Oh, I thought it went with his. I thought his beard was part of the mask. Well, that's crazy. <laughs> I've never seen that before. That's ridiculous. I thought it was like a bondage type mask. He looks like he really does look like he's a basketball gimp. <laughs> he's like, give me all your money, bitch. <laughs> um. Well, normally, I would hate. Oh, you guys to talk about rest. I wouldn't hate it, but I would simply tolerate it. I am curious because there was a, de- a development uh, yesterday. I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna say I picked a good day to show up, considering the most important wrestling news in the past twenty years happened yesterday. <laughs> yeah, well, we gotta we gotta parse this out. Let's let's get into it. Let's get into the details of Vince McMahon resigning. Vince McMahon. I mean, how long was he in charge? Since like the Good God, 70s 1980, yeah. like the late 70s, early 80s. This, uh, yeah, once his dad died. Yeah. Dude in charge of WWE resigns. Why? Uh, because he's a horrible man <laughs> that committed many crimes and he should have been put in jail in like 1987. Yeah. Yeah, he's dodged a bullet. Like he's dodged a firing squad's worth of bullets. Um, do you actually not know what, what the contra- what, what the deal is? I assume it was to avoid getting fired. Uh, uh, all right, kind of. So, so the most recent problem was he got found out for paying. Um, I think she was technically working in the like law department. Uh, she may have been like a copywriter or something. I don't remember exactly what her position was. But he apparently had some kind of sexual relations with her and then proceeded to pay her, uh, I think, somewhere in the neighborhood of $7 million in hush money. Okay. Uh, That's a lot. And then that, oh, yeah. And uh, that came out as, like, hey, I'm, uh, I'm like, abusing my power and potentially using company and personal money on this. And it was like, hey, that's not good. And there was an internal investigation, and another payoff came up where it seems like it was with a former female wrestler that she was paid off after either sleeping with him or just, you know, doing some kind of sexual act with him. And then that came out, and all he did was, like, he would show he showed up in, like, an episode of SmackDown, and it was like, ah, it's me, Vince McMahon, ah, everything is fine. And then, like, it just kept going. Well, yeah, he just then, came out and said, like, aren't you guys great fans? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, you're not going to say anything? And it just kept going on as normal. And then just as, out of nowhere, last night, he just announced his retirement on Twitter. Oh, okay. And everyone is pretty sure that something really, really bad is going to come out. Okay. So this, okay, like even worse than this other stuff. There's, He's just getting uh, getting ahead of it. Yeah, and it's like probably what what's so stupid is it's like it's stupid because this isn't news. Like yeah. it's not new behavior. This isn't the first time he's been accused of anything. It's not the first time he's done anything terrible. And if you pay any attention to what he writes and likes, it's like wow, this isn't shocking at all because he's a bad person. Yeah. Um. 
like a lot of people were told like there was an assault or uh, there's a story where he sexually assaulted and paid off a referee in the 80s a female referee um and then there's like stuff where uh there was a wrestler that probably got assaulted by a soldier or someone in the armed forces when they were on tour in iraq and he literally told her don't say anything bad about it because we can't have this deal fall through jesus and like it's like all this horrible stuff and it's like oh like i'm glad it's happening now but it's like he shouldn't he sucks he's a bad person and this is the joy of being a wrestling fan is literally the entire like most important stuff was controlled by a bad man and a weird weird man yeah so what do you think the um because i don't really follow like too much of like what the current infrastructure of the the corporate infrastructure of WWE. Who do you think's taking? Is that you think Stephanie's stepping in, or you think it's going to be someone outside of the, the McMahon family? So uh, behind the scenes, there's been a guy named Nick Khan, yeah, um, who has kind of risen up as like in control and like a CEO sort of, yeah, and like c- controlling a lot of stuff. He's probably at least going to be in a position. I think the whole structure is going to change. I think Stephanie is still going to be involved at the top, doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the funny thing is if Jeff Jarrett winds up becoming it because then the guy that used to run TNA and hated WWE becomes a charge and that's comedy gold. Yeah. But well, how how does he factor into this? Is he back with WWE? At all? He's in talent relations or something at some point. So Okay. It's a big complicated thing. Triple H just came back. He was away cuz he had heart problems and he was like I'm taking a break and now he's back and doing other stuff. It's crazy. I have a theory though and this is important um because it involves Vince McMahon being a creep, and I think it's an important thing for the history of wrestling, which is um, three of the most important figures in WWF and WWE are all weird dudes that want to sleep with their daughters. Yeah. Uh, which is, of course, Vince McMahon, Hulk Hogan, and Donald Trump. Yeah, okay. Who are, hmm. <laughs> who are three dudes that all very clearly want to sleep with their daughters. Oh, that's some good detective work. Yeah, there's a... This is pretty. Uh, there was like a lot of threads and like lists of like awful and some like uh, some awful and some just weird things like Vince McMahon's done. And a lot of it has to do with like his creative decisions. There was a storyline he floated in which uh, I think it was when Stephanie McMahon was for real pregnant, and yeah. uh, Vince floated the idea: "What if it's my baby?" For the story, <laughs> she said, "No, absolutely yeah. not." He's like, "Okay, what about your brother Shane?" <laughs> Yeah, and then there was, like, the thing where um, there was – this is the infamous one that eventually ends with Vince McMahon blowing up in the limo, and they have to cancel it because Chris Benoit later does his murder-suicide. He ruins uh, what could have been a great storyline. <laughs> yeah, ahead. so it was It was who is – Vince McMahon has a secret, like, son who's going to inherit the company, and one of the original ideas was it was going to be Triple H. Uh, Triple H, who is – in real life married to stephanie mcmahon vince mcmahon's daughter which would also make it weird and incesty and it's like vince oh. why do you keep go why is this the option you constantly go to <laughs> uh and like, yeah just, yeah and then they retu- they revisited the storyline later on to make it hornswoggle <laughs> <laughs> which is comedy gold yeah. also so and then they got rid of the cruiserweight title through that deal which sucked yeah, it's uh, it, it's one of those things where like I'm excited to see how it turns out because the worst the like WWE has sucked for 15 years with occasional glimmers of hope when someone else takes and starts doing things and then it immediately gets sandbagged. Mm-hmm. So it's like having a new person is probably for the best. Yeah. Um, it just sucks. It took this fucking long and people had to deal with unfortunate stuff it was funny though watching him come out in that episode of smackdown where uh like you know it's like nate it's like bi- it's a big news item that like they're talking about on like the news and like uh the fans are doing like the bowing motion when mystic man comes out <laughs> i wanted i i was that was also fucked up it's like in a normal situation you expect everyone to be booing and it's yeah. like all these smelly smelly people are just like no vince is god <laughs> I mean, Sucks. you know, separate the art from the artist. 
I, <laughs> I will miss the Vince McMahon character. Yeah, I mean, like, as a... It, it's it's one of those things where it's, like... One of the greatest... such a creepy weirdo in real life and as a character. How do you separate the two? Yeah. How real was that character? Yeah, that was the real... That was Vince being the real him. Yeah. <laughs> um... I, th- I think I heard a story recently that, like, uh, you know, you'd think Vincent Mann's, like, a sober guy. You know, he has, like, the, the, like, you know, he's, like, buds with Trump, so I figure they're both just, like, weird sober guys. Mm. But apparently uh, Vincent Mann does lots of cocaine, but, like, his, his quote is, like, I could touch this stuff and drop it like that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, the thing addicts never say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then, like... I heard some story that he was, like, uh, lighting up in Trump Tower one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a great story of him getting blackout drunk with the wrestlers, like, uh, I think around the time of the steroid trial and demanding they all, for real, use their finishing moves on him. <laughs> yeah, I think the famous one is, it's, um, I think it was Demolition, and he had them do their, like, tag team finisher, the Demolition device on him. Yeah. And it's like, so he has to get up on somebody's shoulders and then have somebody else, like, jump in and, like, knock him off. And it's like, in a bar? Like, what the hell? Yeah, no protection. Come on! I can take it! Just do it! The goat. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we, um... Could always use another guest on the show, so Vince, if you're out there, I know you oh, are. You can buff my ass, Dan. <laughs> yeah. What well, specifically what we want? Do rag era of Vince McMahon. Yeah, he might be yeah. like the high T uh, host injection we need. Yeah, he's he does have, like that one cover of him on like the bodybuilding Muscle magazine where he has the chain around his neck. Yeah, and he's like sixty eight or something, and he's the most jacked person you've ever seen. Is so gross. Mm-hmm. It's awesome. There is like such a weird like that's a weird dude. That's the biggest thing. Big weird guy energy. Yeah. There was a while there were these videos circulating. It was a uh, WWE directed by David Lynch, and uh, it was just like the weirdest Vince McMahon moments set to the Laura Palmer theme from Twin Peaks. <laughs> like there's one where he's like crying. He's like doing like a, and it's at the dun 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 dun. And then they do. They also did the one of him getting in the limo set to the Laura Palmer theme. Oh, nice. That's really good. Yeah. Do they do the Do they do the one where Stone Cold is gonna shoot him in the middle of the ring with a gun and then he pees himself? <laughs> I don't think they did. <laughs> that is a good one though. Because that's a real thing that happened. Which is weird because you think they would have thought you know Stone Cold Steve Austin scenario plus gun doesn't end well with like with yeah, the we, uh, stone cold uh home invader storyline they did where he breaks into brian pillman's house and brian pillman pulls out a glock and is like i'm gonna take care of this yeah. and shoots him and before they cut the commercial and like everyone was like wait did he just actually <laughs> kill stone cold <laughs> and like they got a bunch of calls to the network like complaining because it was like did, what the fuck just happened and that was still like '96, right? So it's still when they're doing like Doink the Clown, and like, there's like the, that was like Goldust's day, like one of Goldust's earliest matches where he's still just kind of like hasn't like really found himself, and he's just a sex pervert, but in a way that's like not fun or funny. Yeah. And I think uh, who else? I think like I think Duke the Dumpster Drozzy may have wrestled in that show too, which is just like the garbage man. Yeah. Where it's like, here's a wrestler that's a garbage man. Here's a, it was like, they were still in the era of wrestlers that had jobs where it's like, there's a hockey player. IRS. Uh, Yeah. IRS. (laughs) Erwin R. Scheister. That's so awful. I really like, I, I, I was thinking about how the coolest thing that ever happened was the million dollar man making his own title belt. Yeah, the dollar bill belt. Uh, yeah, and it's just a bunch of diamonds, and then he made people wrestle for it, and it's like, how is this officially sanctioned? What the <laughs> hell is... He just shows up, and then Taz also does that, which is su- super cool. So... I would do that. If I started wrestling, I would make my own belt and fucking make people fight for it. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, I like Taz's belt because it's like something a 13-year-old would come up with. The Fuck the World yeah. Heavyweight Championship belt. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. a grown man. That's It's still around, by the way. It's an AEW, and people still fight for it. They fight for the Fuck the World Heavyweight title? Yes, That's... and for some odd reason, they haven't put it on Taz's son, despite the fact that Taz's son wrestles for the company. Is I think I heard somewhere, isn't Taz's son like way taller than him? Yes, and he's way cooler and is awesome and kind of looks like Timothy Chalamet almost. Oh, I don't think that's Taz's son. <laughs> I want to get Maury Povich on that one. Um, yeah, it, it's confusing. He looks nothing like Taz. Rey Mysterio's son is also taller than him, I believe, but then his wife is taller than him. So yeah, most most people are taller than him. Yeah. Did I ever, you ever read the tweet he made when like WWE 13 came out and he tweeted like I can't wait to get home and play WWE 13 and beat my kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's, that's one of the funniest things ever. <laughs> you of course, as, as we all know, Rey Mysterio's son is actually Eddie Guerrero's son, and the yeah. only reason he lives with Rey is because Rey won that ladder match for oh. custody over him. Of course. They really should have got Maury in on that that storyline. That would have been that would have been a, a certified classic. Maury I Povich. think Eddie died like three months after it. Yeah, going out on a high note. So uh, like, I feel like people who watch WWE when they're younger eventually like move on to other forms of wrestling. What what what, what do you? Do you what do you mean other forms? Of I mean like, you know, Lucha Libre or... Uh, or Pudo Rasu. Yeah, whatever the Japanese stuff is. Like the really serious, uh, violent <coughs> types, of, types of stuff. Oh, yeah, like barbed wire trampoline matches. <laughs> yeah. I, I hate that stuff, actually. That stuff's I do too. awful. They, that's the, AEW's biggest problem lately is they keep doing them, and they're all bad, and... They like had Chris Jericho versus this guy. I think you would actually really like David, named Eddie Kingston. Okay. And everyone was like, "Wow, Eddie Kingston should win this match because he's doing great, and everyone loves him, and he's good, and he needs a win." And then he lost, and everyone's like, "This fucking sucks." Was it like a a, a death match thing? It was a barbed wire match, and yeah, it was a barbed wire shark cage match, which was already too overbooked to begin with. Mm. And then the shark cage, they couldn't get the doors open, so then the fucking wrestlers that were in the shark cage just turned and walked out of the bars. And it's like, that, that's it's, shark cage matches are always terrible because, of course, my favorite shark cage match is the one where RoboCop shows up and saves Sting from the shark cage. Which happens because RoboCop comes out, bends the shark cage where it's clearly a fake bar, and just rips it off, <laughs> and then Sting can escape the shark cage and beat up the four horsemen, and it's awful. WCW I, rules. <laughs> I, WCW, it's funny how like everyone talks about how shitty WCW is, and then once you get to a certain point, you're like, no, WCW was the best company that ever existed because at least it was fun. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm kind of partial to ECW. Like they're the only like company that for me that can, they can get away with those stupid violent matches because it's like well, at least the wrestlers are good for the most part, you know. Right. And like, like it, they didn't need to always do barbed wire rope matches or use fire or shit. It was more like that was just another thing they were offering. But with WCW, um, but I don't know. They just had like a lot of like they got nutty with it, which is cool. I mean, the NWO was a great groundbreaking idea, but, like, uh, the electric chair match. Oh, my God. Not a lot. <laughs> Where <laughs> poor Abdullah the Butcher just dies. <laughs> and he's, like, he's like ancient at that point. Dan, for context, Abdullah the Butcher is this really big dude that wrestles, and his weapon is a fork. <laughs> and he would just hit people in the head with a fork. And, like... Like a dinner fork? or Yeah. Like oh, metal yeah. Metal. Okay. Like... And, like, all he would do is hit people in the head, and they'd start bleeding from the head. <laughs> and in this match, I think it was a Halloween Havoc match, it's, like, in the middle of a cage, and in the middle of the cage is an electric chair. And they just throw the man to the electric chair, and I guess kill him. Because <laughs> that's how it ends. Yeah. 
Like, I, I, I think I saw, like, a highlight of that when I was, like, very young, and I'm like, wait, wait, wait a minute. Did they just kill that man? <laughs> Is that how yeah. that match ended? <laughs> like, and, like, it's, it's, it's really violent, too, because, like, Abdullah the Butcher having one thing, which is making other people bleed and then bleeding himself, because nine times out of ten, some, the person he was wrestling would steal the fork and then hit him in the head <laughs> with it. Um, so, like, you just have this image of this, like, 450 pound man sitting on an electric chair bleeding profusely from the head and presumably dead it's like oh my god yeah and it's like it that sounds really violent and horrifying and then you see it and it's the goofiest stupidest <laughs> crap ever it's like the worst of crap wrestling who, so it's really good who else was it there? so it was abdullah butcher cactus jack i assume right probably maybe terry funk here i can real quick look it up and see because it's so stupid the electric yeah the house of horrors match yeah that's uh, yeah the t- jesus christ it was the team of el gigante which is the giant gonzalez from wwe who is just a man that w- wrestled in a naked suit with giant pubic hair on his crotch <laughs> yeah one of the worst and had, wrestlers of all time <laughs> He had the worst wrestler, wrestling match ever with Undertaker, where he just puts like f- uh, like formaldehyde on a rag and like not tries to knock the Undertaker out, and it doesn't work. So it was a team of El Gigante, Sting, and the Steiner brothers versus Abdullah the Butcher, the Diamond Stud, which is Razor, which is Scott Hall before he was Razor Ramon, before he went to WWF the first time. Family Cactus Jack and Vader. A lot of good names in that list. That's like, that should be a good match on paper, except for El Gigante and Abdullah the Butcher stinking everything up. Yeah. <laughs> God, that sucks. Yeah, if it was just Sting the Steiners versus uh, Cactus Jack, Vader, and Diamond Stud, then get the electric chair match out of there. Keep it in the cage, like a big cell match if you want. Yeah. Um, now we're talking blockbuster, but. Yeah. And the main event was apparently Lex Luger versus Ron Simmons, which is pre Lex Luger before he's good, and Ron Simmons when he's awesome. Ron Simmons rules. Dan, I think you you would like uh, Ron Simmons and a guy called Bradshaw, who later became JBL. They were in a team called the APA, and they had a shirt, and uh, APA stood for Always Poundin' Ass. <laughs> <laughs> so you, they would just come to the ring wearing a shirt that just said Always Poundin' Ass, and no one went, hey, that's a little weird. <laughs> <laughs> No, so no one raised their hands and said, hmm, that means something else to certain <laughs> other groups of people. Okay. <laughs> so I would like that. I would like that shirt. I would think that would be a funny shirt to wear unironically. Yeah. Um. Hey, what was, wasn't there a video game where you could play as Fred Durst? It was like a wrestling game. Yeah, there were, there were two. And it was awesome because he would come out to the ring to roll in. It was probably around, it was, it was in the area when that was The Undertaker's th- song, and he would come out on a, mo- on a motorcycle. It's probably like 2002, 2003. And he would come out, and he would come out on like a car, and he would be riding on top of it, doing like Goes the gangsta the steering wheel motion. Yeah. And then he'd jump down and start wrestling. And he's apparently like super hard to unlock because you have to do like a 10 match gauntlet and never get pinned and do it in a certain amount of time just so your prize is fucking Fred Durst. <laughs> Was that backyard wrestling? No, this was a WWF game. Oh, for real? I think it was. I think it may have been the first one for the GameCube, maybe, hmm. or something. He's also in the Fight Club video game. So Fred Durst has actually been in several video games. Has yeah. he ever fought himself? Do we know Fred, if he's ever gotten in a physical altercation? I think he's. Well, see, I was going to transition into rock news because he's he's currently fighting himself. I don't know. I well, I don't know. He had they had to Olympusk had to cancel some shows for Fred Durst health concerns, and I'm here to speculate about what's going on. Uh, just just for context, he was in WWF SmackDown, Just Bring It, and WWF Raw as an unlockable character. Okay. All right. But yeah, that's oh god, that's terrible because Fred Durst had suddenly seemed to be like much like ICP. Another one of wrestling's favorite bands mm-hmm. seems to be like kind of okay and cool 
Yeah, he made that sick movie with John Travolta. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that movie looks really funny, and I feel bad about it. It does look really funny. <sighs> so yeah, I don't know, man. Safe. I hope Fred's okay. And I hope Violent sure. J is okay. Speaking of uh, comeback kids. Yeah, he yeah. Uh, he's got his own health problems going on. His heart could explode any minute, I think is kind of the idea. Yeah. And he's still, I think, uh, they might already be done with it, but I think ICP's doing a farewell tour, which is, like, really close to the wire if that's if you're in that situation, you know? Yeah, he's one, uh... It's like he wants to die dousing an audience in Fago Red Pop. Yeah, he's one Fago spike away from, uh, just risking it all on stage. I think that's the way he'd want to go. Yeah, sing, uh, rapping chicken hunting to a bunch of a, a crowd that's moshing and getting stuck to each other because they're doused in uh, uh, Rocky Rye. Props to David for knowing the name of an ICP song. Yeah, let me see how many I can name. There's Boogie Oogie Man or Boogie Woogie Man. There's Chicken Hunting, Hocus Pocus, Miracles, Homies. Homies. Now there's the one that talks about magnets, but I don't think it's called magnets. Is it's it? called Miracles. Miracles. That's all I got, I guess. Man, I remember that was like just the biggest meme ever for about and a few I'll, months. I'll be honest. People make fun of that line. Can either of you explain how magnets work? <laughs> um, uh, there's like a negative end and a positive end. Yeah, not fluidly. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I know there's like a, deals with polarity and like there's yeah. One. It's it's not a. It's you know what? I'm gonna be honest. I'm going to give him a pass. <laughs> it's not something I expect everybody to know. Yeah. And if it kind of seems like a miracle, god damn it. Yeah, a little bit. Also, why do magnets look like that? Why are they red with little gray tips? Aesthetic. I don't know. Well, yeah, why are they horseshoe shaped? What is the... That's... Yeah, that's always been the typical magnet appearance. Perhaps solidified culturally by Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Once, yeah. once Magneti or Mag, whatever the hell it's called, came out, they were like, "I guess we're stuck with this design." We were working on yeah, it. Yeah, we, we we can't rock the boat. Big Pokemon made this. Uh. Yep. Um. Man, I had another story for rock news, but I think it's on my in my notes on my phone. And I I, I got uh, something for rock news. This uh, is more old news, but how okay. is Morrissey going to be British for the British? When his family's from Ireland, his parents are from Ireland. His dad's from Ireland, his mom's from England. Next question. Nevertheless, <laughs> he's uh. His aunt's from America. See? He's not even. Well, okay. Look, he's like a, what, a generation removed from not being British at all. Well, I guess so. That's all I'm saying. Is he, is he, is he, is he, like, Brexiting it up? Uh, well, I mean, David's referencing one of his old lyrics, um, oh. where he says England for the English, in 2004. Oh. Where, well, yeah, no, the song is called Irish Blood, English Heart. So he acknowledges his, <laughs> <laughs> Wow. He acknowledges he's a traitor. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you know, as an Irishman, I I take I think Morrissey's a race trader. What's I, I'm like trying to remember the lyrics of the song. The chorus is like, "I've been dreaming of a day when to be English isn't to be shameful." Something like that. I don't know what that means. I guess I, I have no <laughs> cultural. He thinks people are embarrassed to be like proud of being English. Well, I mean, yeah, patriotism stupid. Yeah. Unless you're Cuban, in which case it's very cool. <laughs> Why is Cuban an exception? Yeah, they've accomplished a lot. You know, they made their own vaccine. They've definitely fucked shit up. Mm -hmm. They've got a great sandwich. Yeah, they got a great sandwich. It's true. That is an oft-copied cultural import. It's really good. It's like a simple one, but it's like the most solid 
four ingredients you can have. You know, you know, I'm not going to pretend like I know the full history of everything the Cuban government's done, but the initial Cuban revolution is rather admirable. Hmm. You know? Uh, they got those cigars everyone's always talking about. Yeah, they got the cigars everyone's uh, talking about. I don't know what the big deal is personally. I feel like I'd probably throw up if I tried one. I, they're the only ones that don't comedically explode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, the Cubans are the only are the only people that figured out how to do that, how to make cigars not blow up in your face. Yeah, they watched a Bugs Bunny short and they were like, yeah. "We need." Has no one thought to not do this? Yeah. Fidel Fidel looks at his brother, his name I forget, Raul. I think it's Ramon or something. Raul, Elmer yeah, Fudd. he goes, Raul, what if it didn't blow up when we smoked him? <laughs> and then the CIA was like, we got to stop this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they weren't trying to kill him. They were just trying to show him how cigars are supposed to work. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So one of the CIA guys is just like... We gotta get we gotta get this sexy woman to seduce Fidel to make him know that the cigars have to blow up. I got an idea. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. What if we dress Dulles up like a sexy lady to seduce him? Yeah. What if we when he's driving his car we paint like a you know, what looks like a tunnel, but really it's just a wall. Yeah, that's it's a foolproof plan. That's what, what Havana syndrome is, is they were like the Cubans are onto something. We need to make cigars blow up all the time. And uh oh wait. <laughs> No, I'm mixing it up. The CIA was yeah. No, I never mind. I got it right. Okay, moving on. <laughs> moving on to the Bay of Pigs failed, and they're like, "Is there a doctor in the house?" <laughs> <laughs> and Ernesto Che Guevara's like, "I'm a doctor." Uh, Sorry, go ahead. Let's see. Moving on to. I had a crazy dream the other night. I don't know if you guys want to hear about my dream. Yeah, let's hear it. Dave, David, you were in it. My, okay. my brother was in it. Host, you may have been in it, but I didn't see you. I was hanging out. So, yeah, well, yeah, because it, well, it took place at a comedy club. Okay. And, David, it was me, you, and my brother, Brian. Went to a comedy club. You and my brother had signed up to go on for mm -hmm. his, like, open mic night. It's a little different, though, because it was like a massive club, and it was packed for open mic night, which makes no sense. And um, my brother was up first, so he goes up. He's kind of bombing. Eventually, well, he starts his set by, and I was there as kind of like moral support, like ready to give you guys feedback. His first mistake, he's like, hey, guys, um... So the other day, Joe was doing this <laughs> in reference to our friendship. <laughs> and my critique was not like, oh, he's referencing someone that only we know. My critique was, well, he didn't say my friend Joe. He just said Joe. And the, no one has any context for knowing who Joe is unless he said my friend Joe. But anyway, he starts bombing. And then kind of like, you know, dreams time. Just hey, guys, like, you know how Joe is always like this? <laughs> And, yeah, the audience is all people who know Joe, and they're like, it's true, it's true. Um, by the end, you know, dreams, like, time passes in, like, abstract ways, so suddenly it's the end of his set. I don't know what happened from point A to point B. But now there's, like, a Scatman Crothers looking, like, a bathroom attendant on the side of the stage. And my brother is has, like, is like hovering his crotch next to his face and like kind of humping his head and being like, come on, come on, you want to suck my dick? You want to suck my dick? And the crowd is going apeshit. The crowd, was, he is bringing down the house by harassing, he brought a bag. by harassing this guy. So you're saying that Brian is, uh, is a Gallagher-like figure. Or yeah. a G.G. Allen-like figure, yeah. sounds <laughs> like. He's the G.G. Allen of comedy. So yeah, just totally crushes. And then I hear overhear some people at the table next to me being like, "Yeah, you know, the set started out kind of shaky, but he was really hitting a stride by the end there." Yeah. Um, and then David, I don't yours kind of. I don't remember what you did in yours, but I okay. think it went okay. But it was kind of hard to follow Brian. Yeah, that sounds about right. To end the set that way. But anyway, that was a dream I had. I had another dream the next night where one of my coworkers died, and then I went into work. I mean. 
I the dream was that they died, and that it was not worth going into. It's a very strange dream. But then the following day at work, I go in, and he their their name is not on the schedule, and so for a split second, I thought I maybe dreamt them to death, manifested them yeah. into dying um, in my dream. Uh, so yeah, I don't know. We were talking about dreams the other week. I was like, I was kind of dwelling on like, well, that's not a bad one, you know. I don't know if I've had a good dream lately. I think I had a dream where I like, it was a, like one of those ones where like I didn't really recognize anybody as a person. Uh huh. I think I had kids, and I was that was weird, and I was like being a dad, and I'm like this is a little much. Cool. I've had those too. But there's like not a story there. I um, I kind of I like I I like having weird effed up dreams. So like sometimes I'll like I'll you know maybe. Well, the night I had the the dream about the comedy club, I like ate like six buffalo, like vegan buffalo chicken wings before bed, and I was like, "Ooh, I'm having a weird dream tonight." And then I did. Mm-hmm. Or like. And then, yeah. I like the idea of like, I thought where you were going to go with that is like Brian started making jokes, and then he was complaining he was getting canceled, <laughs> despite the, f- or something like that. Yeah, maybe that'll be in the sequel dream. Yeah. You just keep saying like just actually bigoted things against trans people and it goes it's a joke i don't understand <laughs> i'm the victim yeah, everyone's like, like, Ryan, please Ooh, do the thing where you whip your dick out and you sexually harass yeah. the doorman yeah did you guys know that gallagher is a chud and he's like a big republican oh yeah like maga guy i knew that that makes sense yeah we were hanging out at the rally that doesn't seem like. I, I, what's the smashing watermelons to overthrowing the Capitol pipeline? Because hmm. I don't know. Smashing watermelons feels like a freeing thing. It feels like it should be the antithesis of becoming a fascist. But I don't. I don't know. There, yeah, there's an anarchic quality about it. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe Serge. One day he woke up and he was just started looking at watermelons a different sort of way. Yeah. Maybe. Hmm. Because then I was trying to think about, like, you know, food hoarders, like doomsday preppers, like, that, you know, rising up, getting mad at Gallagher for destroying all the food. Like, in a doomsday scenario, he would just, like, he would probably be the first to get, like, mutinied. Just. I was going to say, Gallagher would not survive the post-apocalypse. No. He would. Gallagher is probably the first to go. Right. Yeah. I mean, his one skill is destroying food, and that's becomes extremely <laughs> valuable. He's Gallagher, human fruit fly. Yeah. <laughs> How is that? Yeah. How is that funny though? <laughs> David, David out here asking the question. I mean, everyone in 1986. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you ever watch this? I mean, I I haven't watched it personally. Like, how does he I, fill audiences? Like. Yeah. To watch something that you could easily do at home for free. I mean, yeah, yeah this is it a very... really isn't funny. Huh? It's really nothing special. Like, he just tells, like, not very good jokes, and then intersperses it with smashing a watermelon. Yeah, how do you... How does... What's that fucking line? I don't know. How is Teflon non-stick when nothing sticks to Teflon? <laughs> Why do you park on the driveway and drive on the parkway? <laughs> See, I, I, I've never seen... <laughs> I just remembered that video. I think you used to show it us. That's like... It's... God's favorite voice in comedy? Where it's, it, started, it becomes an anti-devil oh. worship rant as wolves start <laughs> eating people. Yeah, and it's like... And it immediately goes back to his, his stupid jokes. Like, You're going to yeah. need some Jesus in your life for that moment. Yeah, that was by uh, that was by uh, a guy by the name of, who who goes by Daniel Ryan now, and I actually bought some art from that guy lately. I bought a pick paint a print he made of Randy Savage holding a cat. It's very good. That is very good. Huh. The guy who performed in the video? No, the guy who made oh. like YouTube. <laughs> who did the edit? Oh, okay. I think Gallagher's yeah, the one that yeah. performs in the video, right? It, no, it's oh, what's his name? It's like a Christian comic. Okay, yeah, because he yeah, he opens up with the jokes like, you know, I'm a Christian. People tell me that they say I don't believe you, you got that long hair. 
<laughs> yeah, that's yes. I would have to look up what his name is, but it, it is stupid. I believe we did look up his actual name, and we found that his full-length special was really um, paled in comparison to the edit. Yeah, it, 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 the editing. It was, it was, it was like Star Wars. It was staved in the edit. Yeah, yeah. You know, I've kind of been thinking about that in terms of like stand-up. Um, a cardinal sin for me is having like a, like look that you've cultivated yourself that's distinct and your first joke is now i know what you're thinking looking at my outfit <laughs> always very unfunny comedy follows that opening bit mm-hmm. uh, carrot top comes out and goes now i know what you're thinking <laughs> guy's a carrot yeah <laughs> like it's one thing when it's like something that's like oh that guy can't really control the way you know like uh Handleburst has that funny joke that without glasses he looks like Milhouse without his glasses. But you know he doesn't. You can't really control the way he that he looks like that way. Mm-hmm. So it's funny. And that's like there's like a an extra step of obscurity and comedy to that, right? Yeah. Because it's like oh he doesn't look like I don't know another person. He looks like another person, a fake person <laughs> in a very specific scenario. <laughs> Whereas it's like if I go out dressed up and like. David Burns suit that is too big and I go, No, I know what you're thinking. <laughs> is that guy a talking head? <laughs> yeah. And then like then like uh Wild Wild Life starts playing and I do a dance and the crowd goes wild <laughs> and then I shoot myself <laughs> like Bud Dwyer. <laughs> <laughs> now that's coming. That's bringing down the house. That's burning down the house, one might say. <laughs> Yeah, it's like after I shoot and everyone's shocked, it just starts playing Burning Down the House. <laughs> no, that'd be sick. Like, what if Great White, like, when they, like, did their thing, you know, when they were out there doing their thing, burning down the club, you know, they started, like, you know, leaned into it and started covering Burning Down the House. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the, the Frank Zappa is... is uh... The song "Smoke on the Water." It's the, the the story that inspired that. Frank Zappa and the Mothers are just playing "Burning Down the House" <laughs> ten years before it was written. <laughs> uh. Honestly, I think anytime there's a house fire, "Burning Down the House" playing is a very funny thing to start. <laughs> I mean, it would definitely put a little levity on the situation. <laughs> I just yeah, I just pictured like a uh, you know how at the start David Burns is like yeah like that yeah. like that's the sound fire trucks make <laughs> as they're going down the street. The music video is like uh, they found a real house fire and people are like how are we gonna replace all these priceless heirlooms? You know how much money I put in this house and David Burns in the background doing like one of his weird dance moves. Yeah. He's dancing with a lamp. <laughs> he's 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 at the wreckage of your house, and he's like <laughs> pretending to walk downstairs. Yeah, he's wa- he's doing like walking backwards down the stairs. <laughs> uh, what are you doing, Noodle? Noodle's like trying to burrow in next to me. Oh no. I have a, I have a. This is a complaint I have, and it's directed towards you two specifically because you two are emblematic of the problem I am having. Okay. Um, which is I have started uh, buying better looking clothes and becoming more stylish, and you two, who I consider to be stylish fellows. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Um, the problem is that uh, you two are svelte and and and. Thin, smaller than a crumb. Yeah. Whereas I, an extra large big guy, uh, no one my size is stylish at all. So all the clothes I want to buy are for little little men. It's a problem. And all the like, I'm always like, oh, this is a nice shirt, and it's like a small or a medium, and I can destroy it with my broad, manly shoulders. Sure. So I, this is a PSA to any of my big fellas out there: start dressing nice. So I can then eventually get the clothes secondhand 12 years from now. Right. Because I think a lot of people just kind of give up. Like, they're like, you know what? I can't even do fashion now that I'm, that I look this way. Yeah. But it's, there, there's so many freaking places to buy clothes now. Like, it's possible. And then when you get to like a certain size, it seems like the only option they give guys is like, what about a tarp that's tropical? (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, How about every every double wide cargo shirt shorts? Fruit punch flavored. What? The shirt's fruit punch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know you can go for that party animal look that you know every big guy is looking to go for, even if you're not. Uh, yeah. I need to show. I need to show people I'm not threatening and fun. <laughs> <laughs> I need everyone to know I can do a cannonball. Yeah, <laughs> into a vat of Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah. But, like, that's, like, honestly, men's fashion is a disaster because it's all, like, the same eight shirts repeated endlessly from here to eternity. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's all the Mountain Dew logo from 1987. God, I wish. I actually bought a, uh, I was super excited because I bought an old Quebec Nordiques shirt, and I was like, this rules. This is for nobody. Yeah, I don't even know what that is. What is it? That was what the Colorado Avalanche were before 1995. Oh. They were the team in Quebec. I didn't know that they weren't always the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah. So it's like, that's a cool shirt. Because then, like, A, as somebody that doesn't care about hockey, and B, as somebody who was born after that team existed. Yeah. <laughs> I can, I, I like that. I got into leather coats too. That's a cool thing. Getting the leather jackets, they're nice. Yeah, I love those ones that are like um, Sherpa lined. Yeah, I have one of those. Yeah, oh, that's sick. It's awesome. It's like a. It was like a four hundred dollar leather jacket I got for fourteen dollars. Oh, nice, perfect. I was about to say worth it, but fourteen. Yeah, that's even more so. <laughs> <laughs> I think. I'm trying to think what the most. Exp- other than my boots, what the most expensive article of clothing I'm wearing is. Not that any of it is. Probably your underwear. Maybe. Your $500 Louis Vuitton uh, silk. What I mean, like 15,000 thread count underwear. This, this hat was a good deal. It was 15 bucks for, uh, for a team that doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Keep that up. I think that's important. Mm-hmm. Root for things that aren't real. Well, you know, I'm kind of, there's a movement to bring back the Seattle Supersonics. Um, and you're starting it right now? Well, no, I'm not starting it right now. It's been going on for a while. Oh, okay. It, is, it is pretty ridiculous that Utah has a basketball team and Seattle doesn't. Yeah. Charlotte. Yeah, Texas has like three or four teams. No, I think they just have three in like... No. Yeah, or Portland. Portland has a team and Seattle doesn't. What, what sense does that make? Yeah. Uh, a, Sacramento really needs a... Yeah, the Kings, a team that hasn't even has never won a championship and hasn't even been in contention for a title since 1954. Yeah. yeah. Boo. Yeah. What a smelly, shitty team. L.A. has two teams. Like, how do, how do you live in LA and not want to root for the Lakers. You know? I don't think there's a single what the Clippers. Yeah. yeah, I don't think there's a single Clippers fan. You're named after an old shitty boat. What the <laughs> hell is wrong with you? Yeah, that, oh, it's a it's the boat. Okay. And I've I've looked at the old logo and it's like what the hell does this ship have to do with <laughs> clipping? Yeah. I thought it was like a, you know, like hair clippers. I thought that was the deal. Yeah, that would at least make more sense. You know what? You know what LA is famous for? It's wide open body of water that old ships can deal with. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh. <laughs> Wait a minute. First time when I hear clippers, I think of horses. But then I'm like, am I thinking of cloppers, like people who uh, jack off to My Little Pony? That would be a better team. There's probably more of those than boat fans <laughs> in Los Angeles. Yeah. <laughs> more cloppers? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, I think have the mascot be a horse that dunks. Yep. I think kind of like the Pistons. Yeah. Well, he rules. Hooper's awesome. I'm a clopper for Hooper, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's the man. That the the horse has a name. Yeah, Hooper. Yeah, I didn't know that. Hooper. Kind of weird. He's still going, but the Pistons haven't had like a, a horse-centric mascot officially or like logo since like 2005. Yeah, it is weird, um, which is a shame because I actually really liked that old logo. Yeah, everybody does. I mean, I'm partial to, like, the very, very old logo from, like, the 80s. Um, yeah. But the horse logo is We're, objectively cooler. Yeah. Well, That's just because you want to be Bill Lampier. Yeah, I do. Who doesn't? Darth Vader of That's basketball. 
Prince of. I love his nicknames, Prince of Darkness. <laughs> then you look at him and it's like, really? <laughs> he's a big goofball. Yeah. Yeah. You like Bill Lambier, right, Dan? Yeah, he's pretty cool. He's the man. I like that he's still like petty as hell towards Jordan. Is he? Like someone asked him, like, so you know, the goat debate. Who's the greatest of all time to you, Michael Jordan or LeBron James? Oh, LeBron James, no question. Um, while we're talking about basketball though I think I really have an affinity for like the more historic team names like the Knicks the Celtics 76ers Uh, that's it I have a real what did you uh, do you prefer the Washington Bullets yeah well no I mean I I just kind of like that the 76ers it's like of course that's Philadelphia could be nowhere else but Philadelphia yeah. The Celtics could be nowhere else but uh Boston. Ireland. Ireland. Yeah. Boston also known as Little Ireland. Um yeah. Morrissey wrote a song about Celtics fans. <laughs> oh yeah. He was called Celtics Blood, Nick's Body or <laughs> Body Body. <laughs> hey, what's uh Morrissey's favorite basketball team? I, I don't think he even knows what basketball is. Well, we're going to guess. The Denver Nuggets. Yeah. <laughs> yep, that would be it. That's, I mean, he thinks they're named after the food. Yeah. That was like in his biography. He writes about visiting his uh, cousin in Colorado and being like the most excited about anything ever to buy a pair of Levi's. He never had Levi's yeah. before? They didn't have Levi's in the U.K., what do they wear instead? Jordash? Uh, kilts. 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 <laughs> Fucking rags stitched together. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, more or less. Yeah. It was the Thatcher days. Times were tough. Yeah. No pants at all. Sometimes they just wore South Pole jeans and jeans by buckle. <laughs> <laughs> they just were wearing those like shorts that schoolboys would wear. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. In the winter. But socks like up yeah. to their elbows. Yeah. Levi's own Borstal shorts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, well, well, we're we're coming up on an hour, just like that. And uh, you got anything else you want to talk about, Adam? Uh, I'll give my one piece of Philadelphia advice, which is please. We'll close on this. When you're walking around Philadelphia, and you really got to take a leak. If you find yourself in and around like like old city and center city, which is where all the touristy stuff is, just stop in at the Independence Museum and like where Independence Hall is. Free bathroom, free drinking fountain, Bank of America ATM. It is like the perfect place. It has everything you could ever want and need. It's free to go in. Just just pee everywhere. Nice pee on the bell. You is that is a is the Liberty Bell outside of that? It is, but it's like behind glass now because of 9/11. So there's always like a wait, and then you're just going to look at a fucking bell with a crack in I it. I can't really imagine terrorists wanting to take down the Liberty Bell. Uh, hey, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> this is really going to show the infidel if we just finish destroying yeah. that bell. We have to, we have to show this bell who's boss. <laughs> Think anyone's They've, ever tried to fuck the bell? Stick there between the cracks. <laughs> apparently, you used to just be able to walk up and touch it. No, really. Yeah, apparently. I mean, like in the seventies and eighties. What about the Rocky statue? Is that uh, under the threat of terrorism now too? Uh, it's not. It's still by the museum, but it's not up on the steps anymore. It, I think it used to be up on the steps where he went, but now it's kind of down below. In- and like. <clears throat> It's impossible to get next to because it's just tourists taking photos with them. And you know people have tried to fuck that. Yeah. Wouldn't you? I, why did you think I thought of it? <laughs> after a quick <laughs> after a quick jaunt up the steps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, Finish up. And you just start yelling, hey, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> I've actually been everywhere in that montage, which is the fun part. Yeah. That's cool. I've never seen Rocky. Really? Yeah. It's really good, actually. I've seen parts of it. I haven't seen it since I was like, I think I watched Rocky the most when I was like five. Yeah. Like all the time. It's, it's like a weirdly touching, well-done movie 
written by at least first draft Sylvester Stallone of all people. Like I think that's the part that's most shocking is it is his movie and it's actually really well done. Yeah. You, you guys, Mind you, Fra- Frank could have probably done a better job. Do you guys? Uh, I'm pretty sure his one of his earliest credits is a Woody Allen movie. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. He was supposed to play Woody Allen in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Wow! Life's small portions. He dodged a bullet, <laughs> but we lost a work of art. <laughs> he was supposed to play, uh, yeah, he was supposed to play, uh, oh, what's his character's name? Alvy in Annie Hall. Yeah, he was supposed to be like, whoa, whoa, Adrian, I mean Annie, you better call the 911 the Lobster Squad. Hey, whoa, whoa. Nice. I know, I heard of, you know, the city's crawling with anti-Semites, you know, I heard him very clearly say, did you eat? Yeah, and when he's in line at the movie theater to see the documentary about the Holocaust, that whoever he was complaining about, he just decks, he just likes, he goes like Ezra Miller on that entire line, just starts decking people on the head. <laughs> hey, buddy, I love Federico, I love Federico Fellini. <laughs> oh no! He's like literal, he's a literal film buff because he's like buff and he's into film so much that he's willing to fight about it. Oh no! You don't know anything about Marshall McLuhan. <sighs> well, all right. Thanks, thanks for joining us on the show again, Adam. It's been, it's yeah, always been a, been a while. But, uh, yeah, I moved. You did move. <laughs> but uh, right. yeah, okay. Well, we'll keep you on the line for a minute once we're done recording here, of course. But uh, all right. I'll, now I'll tell you all the secrets. Excellent. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.